Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the fifth episode of Inspire. Uh, today's guest speaker is a friend of mine. We actually did some coaching together at Fairfield Ward High School for some years. He is uh, currently still the head coach there, but we got on the line today, we got Ryan Swaller. Hey Ryan, how are you? Hey Drew, thanks for having me today on the podcast. Hey, no, absolutely, absolutely. So listeners, uh, here's a little background on Coach Swaller. Um, he graduated from Ford High School in Milford, Connecticut in 1999. He attended UConn. Uh, he was a graduate in 2004, but during his time there, he was a walk-on basketball player with the UConn men's basketball team. And as you know, in 2004, they won the NCAA National Championship. Uh, he played with players like Ben Gordon, Emeka Okafor, Charlie Villanueva, Taluik Brown, Josh Boone, and some other barely highly regarded names. Uh, at that time, UConn was a prestigious program in the country. Um, after graduating from UConn, uh, he went into education. He's currently a fifth grade teacher at Mill Hill School in Fairfield, Connecticut. Uh, he also started his coaching career as an assistant coach at Fairfield Ward in 2009-2010 season. In the 2010 and 2011 season, he took over as the head coach, where he is currently still coaching. He is now 10 years deep over there. He's got over 100 wins under his belt, three holiday tournament championships, uh, one of the best tournaments in Fairfield each year. Uh, and he's produced many FCAC and Connecticut State Award winners, one FCAC Player of the Year in Sean Conway. Uh, and he's also a former coach of the PhD basketball program. Right, it's pretty interesting stuff you got there. Yeah, it sounds good. It sounds good when you say it like that. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for making it sound that, sound that great. I tried to hype you up a little bit. You know, I know you're growing that beard and everything, so I figured I'd give you some <laughs> self-esteem boost. Yeah, I got some time for the beard, so I needed that confidence. Thanks for uh, filling my bucket, Drew. Thank you. Yeah, not a problem. Not a problem. So I'm going to jump in, and, you know, I got some great questions for you today, and, you know... The Inspire podcast, as we talked about, is about inspiring kids and our relationship for over 10 years, I think, is unique. Um, I know about your history in the playing days and kind of how you got there, but I think the listeners are in for a treat here. Um, so back at Foreign High School, discuss your role as a high school basketball player and then, um, you know, what was your role then? Yeah, I mean, at my high school in Foreign, we, uh, we had some good, successful years uh, throughout under coach uh, Anthony Vitale, you know, all the way from a freshman year to my senior year, I had to work, uh, work hard to get better, to be a part of the group, part of the team, um, and actually progressed with my class as freshmen, sophomores, and juniors. Uh, my junior year, I actually played JV, and we had a stellar JV season, um, and then came off the bench to help out with some of our varsity and finished, I believe the year was 18-6, and six, um, and lost in the quarterfinals of Crosby that year as a junior. But, uh, you know, you had to work. You know, as a junior, you know, at times it was hard not to be starting varsity, but it also was realistic to get better as a player. you got to play games. So uh, my junior year, I played with other juniors. I played sophomores and freshmen, and we had a lot of success that carried over into my senior year. Um, that group that I played and grew with as seniors, we finished with the 15-9 uh, and nine record and uh, eventually had success. So, I mean, my role, uh, coach asked me to do everything from a point guard to a power forward, and within that, I, I just did what coach asked. So, uh, had a lot of success, had a lot of fun in the high school days. High school is a lot of fun playing basketball and playing any sport, um, for that matter. 
Yeah, it's some of the best uh, high school memories, you know, for a lot of kids. And sometimes it's their last stop in their athletic careers before they go on to the higher level of academics in college. But, you know, going back to that junior year, I think a lot of the lost focus is the development as a, as a junior playing JV. And that's what a lot of times the focus is. And it's not that you aren't good enough for varsity, but there are probably aspects of a game that need to be worked on and getting more minutes to do that is sometimes yep. where that role as a JV junior player fall in and even being a leader on that team. You, Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, the main goal uh, for me as a junior was to improve. Obviously for me, it was outside shooting. Um, but it, it led me to be a leader with that junior group, sophomore group, where as a member of the varsity team that year, I was more of a role player to go and help out with either whether the point guard position or to go and rebound but I wasn't really the leader. I was more of a role player. So I was able to learn leadership skills skills in the JV level and then contribute that not only as a junior, but my varsity year when I was a senior was, you know, was a way to get better and for us to win was to le- learn those leadership skills. Exactly. So transitioning those leadership skills, the hard work ethic that you had to grind out each year at foreign how did that transition to you going to UConn and kind of your thought process of saying, hey, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go try and walk on to an elite program. Yeah, it um, it came down to actually I was looking at different levels to go and try to play college basketball. So I had interest in uh, playing Eastern Connecticut, Division III, uh, interest at University of New Haven, and decided to choose possibly going to a larger school, not knowing my career choice in UConn. Um, from UConn, I actually didn't try out my first year, being that I was more adjusting to the school itself, and then realized that the love and passion of basketball never went away, and had an opportunity to try out as a sophomore. Um, you know, obviously to get there and try out, it is you know a huge hurdle because you have to try out with another number of forty or fifty kids. You have to recognize or be recognized by the coaching staff to make it to the practices, which I was able to do as a sophomore. And then from there, you have to try out against another group of three or four kids to maybe make one or two spots to walk on. Um, unfortunately, that sophomore year, I, I got cut after two or three weeks of practice with the team. And that really uh, fueled my fire to work beyond any means I've ever worked before to try and make the team the following year. Right. And what you did. So you, you Yeah. You know, two, two, two years being a walk-on with UConn, playing with many NBA players, you go into your senior year, that is, you know, 2004 is when UConn won the national championship. Um, you know, Ben Gordon, NBA player. Emeka Okafor, NBA player. Villanueva, NBA player. Um, Josh Boone, I think, ended up making uh, the NBA and Talik Brown as well. But, you know, I know we kind of discussed uh, Ben Gordon, but how quick and athletic were these guys? You know, I know Ben Gordon was on a different level at times than these other guys, but it was kind of the experience witnessing this in person, witnessing some of these guys taking over these basketball games. Yeah, when um, you go from the, the high school level to college level, it's it's light years ahead. I mean, the top players, as you mentioned, you know, Ben Gordon, Mecca Oak, for number two and three draft picks in the NBA draft in you know, 2004, um, they were special talents. I mean, Ben Gordon, it was almost impossible to stay with them laterally or even to keep in front of you, let alone he jumps well above any other, you know, individual I've ever played against. Um, and then you get guys like Amaka Okafor standing 6'9", 6'10", strong as could be, and has the ability with quick feet to make many different moves 
to keep you, uh, you know, keep you off balance. Uh, for me as a player, you know, I just tried to, as I always say, I was kind of stuck in the middle. I was uh, not quick enough to guard the guards, but I was strong enough um, to guard the bigs. But unfortunately, the bigs, I wasn't tall enough. So I just used my physical play, um, tried to use my basketball smarts, and tried to uh, do the best I did to help them each day at practice and, you know, hopefully, as we had, eventually win some championships. Yeah, it must have been an unreal experience. I remember watching those games. You know, you and I are the same age, so you're there in person on the NCAA, and now I'm sitting there at the glued in front of a TV, and it, 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 that was a fun run that you guys had that year. Um, now, graduation happens. Your playing career is over. Um, at the college level, I should say. I'm sure you're kicking around some men's league somewhere. Um, but, you know, so graduation happens. I know you didn't get into teaching right away, and that was something that was a few years uh, post-college. But what, you know, did, what did you, what got you into teaching, you know, getting into the education world? It's um, getting back as a, as a basketball player, you know, I've, I've had sports my whole life. You know, everything that I've done growing up was revolve around helping others, working with kids, you know, at camps, going through the uh, process and, you know, the business world, which I was right after graduation, wasn't for me. Um, so I made a decision to go back to school. And with that decision, I also it opened up the opportunity of becoming a coach, which also was a passion of mine to eventually give back to the game and you know be a part of the game still. Um, so I, I had the opportunity to become a teacher in Fairfield, and at that time also had the opportunity to join Fairfield Ward staff uh, with Walter Fitzgerald and you know help out you know as an assistant you know for a year. So. Uh, it's really just, it's the passion for the game. You know, the love of basketball, you know, as a player, you, you get older, you can't play. It's not like other sports where, you know, golf, you play for your whole life, you know, you play tennis, but you can always coach. And the competition, the competitive part of coaching is, you know, what took me a, a while to learn. You know, as a player, it's different than a coach. You know, as a coach, you need to look at many different views of the game. As a player, you know, you worry about yourself and then your teammates. You know, as a coach, you got to worry about the team, and then you look at individual players. So it's kind of a, a different viewpoint um, on coaching versus playing. Exactly. It definitely is. And I think, you know, sometimes, you know, great players make great coaches and people that are around the game. It, it, it is a transition. I remember when I got into it at a young age, I was – I'm energetic now, as we all know, and anyone that's seen me coach, I can be a little animated on the sidelines. But I was even crazier at 22 years old and learning to adapt that because as a player, you want it so bad. And as a coach, you can't lace them up. You're in a shirt and tie. And that's sometimes the biggest – that was my biggest hurdle at a young age was learning how to react and understanding they're going to make mistakes that you think they shouldn't be making – but how to adapt yep. to that and, uh, you know, being able to self-evaluate yourself and looking at it, you know, watching game tape and stuff like that, I'm, I'm sure helps as well. So, um, so first year coaching, all right, 9 10 you're an assistant. I said Walter Fitzgerald, one of my favorite coaches. I was lucky enough to, he was my JV coach in high school. Um, and I think one of the other assistants that's still with you is probably one of my best coaches I ever played for in Lenny Petroselli. Um, so yep. you're you're an assistant sitting with Lenny, you know, underneath uh, Walt, and the following year you transition into that head coaching role with only a year of assistant experience under your belt. What were some of the biggest hurdles, you know, not really having that experience and now being, you know, the head coach of a team in the FCAC? Yeah, um, I, I mean, as you have the responsibility of a head coach. Um, it's so much different from the assistant. The assistant coach kind of has one job and responsibility. 
you know, be at practice, help run practice, you know, talk about your offensive defensive schemes. With a head coach, it turns into more of a full-time job. Um, and that's what, and they're early going. You know, you're looking at fundraising. You're looking at, you know, the communication between players and parents. You're looking at, you know, getting things together that are not even talking about basketball aspects. But within there, it took a couple years. And also as a coach, you need that experience, the game experience. As a coach, you need to go through different situations. Now, I, I've had the opportunity to coach, you know, a year or two. But that's nothing near the guys I was competing against. I mean, I got the opportunity to learn firsthand. Unfortunately, it led to you know, a lot of losses. But, you know, coaches like Vito Montelli, um, you know, from St. Joe's, you know, Barry McLeod from Central, you know, I had Mike Walsh from uh, Trinity, Jim Moriarty from Stanford. You had guys like Carl Charles from Ridgefield. So all these guys in the league I'm playing against have years and years and years of experience. And I'm, you know, that young guy that thinks I'm better than all of them. And it, it took years to learn. That, you know, you, you got to be able to change defensive schemes. you got to be able to change your offense, you know, on the fly if needed. Um, you know, and player development is, you know, something you got to commit to year-round. So uh, within that, you know, you learn. And as a coach, just like as a player, you only get better if you continue to learn and you want to get better. And that's kind of what it happened in the, you know, 10 years as we've gone through. And, you know, we've had a lot of players that have committed to himself in the program. And it's um, what I'm, you know, happy about and I'm, you know, proud of is it really became a, a, a good basketball program that many kids are excited to come to. Um, if you've been to any of our games recently, the crowd is outstanding. You know, we get a student body that resembles, you know, college atmosphere, which is like one of a kind experience for the kids in high school. But um, it really is it just it's experience. You, know, you can't teach experience. So you got to just go through it. Unfortunately for me, it was head coach experience and, you know, how to learn on the fly. Um, but it's the reason why many people do quite a few years of assistant coaching to get that experience before they become that head coach. Right. No, you really, you, you really have done a great job building that uh, tradition back up over there. You know, that's the gym I played in. One of the reasons I took the job when you offered it to me as your assistant. Um, you know, wish I'd still be there today, but the, the two young kids, as you know, are tough to manage. Um, but in those 10 years, you've had to adapt the program and you've built that program up with the crowd. Um, but your win totals are gradually getting more and more. You're more consistent in, in the early roads. And even when I was there, we had some um, hurdles we had to go through, some bumps. But if you look at your you know, win percentages each year, they've gotten stronger. And within the past five years, you've been one of the teams to talk about in the FCAC. And I think that's a great accomplishment on your end because you are building a great thing back up over there um so that's great to see from somebody that's whose kids are going to be attending there one day um so have you adapted the game with that yeah the uh the game of basketball as you know the 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 way it works the nba has slowly changed it from a big man's game to a uh, guards game and that trickles down to each level according to even the high school level so it's uh you know, it's more of a shooter's game. Um, a lot of three-point shooting going on throughout the league. Um, I'm not going to say we don't. We love to take our three-pointers as well. But uh, it's adjusting to, you know, that guard play. A lot of skilled players are coming through that can shoot and score in a variety of ways. So you have to be aware. Um, the ability to scout and the use of different technologies to keep track of, you know, players' tendencies and, you know, ways players can get better and improve. So you just got to stay up to date with you know, all those things and, you know, continue to learn, you know, as uh, the game changes and the, the players change, you know, your coaching style has to change as well. 
Right. Got got to adapt. Got to adapt to everything. Players who you're playing, all that. There's a lot of dynamic, and that's where your job turned into a full time job, unfortunately. Um, yes. But but, but fortunately, because it's something you love, and it, you, you, oh, yes. you you wouldn't be doing it um, year in year out if it wasn't something you're truly passionate about. Now, what's been your biggest highlight being a head coach over there at Ward, other than coaching with me? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, for, it's got to be. You know, um, <laughs> I mean, there's so many parts you look at from season to season. I look at my first season with the group of kids that we had, and you know, you know, some of the wins we had. I mean, I look at you know setting goals and um, you know some of the goals we had earlier in our in our career of my career were you know not as high level as they are now. You know, like a goal we set was to, you know, get eight wins and make states for my first few years. And then, you know, it took a year or two to get there. And then eventually we got that. And that was a highlight, you know. And now the goals we set for this year are a little bit higher. You know, win an FCX championship. And we were, you know, one game away from getting to the championship game, which is the furthest we made it. So, I mean, the highlight this year would be the furthest we've made in the FCX by beating Staples uh, in the first round in the FCX. And then, unfortunately, you know, losing to Trinity Catholic. We had a chance to play in the semifinals. Um you know, the holiday tournament championships, you know, I, I still remember, you know, Michael Wright hitting a big time shot, you know, to uh, win our first holiday championship, you know, and then he, 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 he hit one of the semis too. Then he hit yeah. back to back that year. Yes. Um, and then you get, you know, the players, um, the players that come back and the chance to, you know, see how they've grown, how they matured and how, you know, they are so appreciative of the experiences they had in the program. Um, again, it comes to, you know, the memories on the court, but the memories off the court as well. So getting a chance to see the kids and how they enjoy the bus rides, you know, that I at this age now are just dread. But the bus rides to and from, you know, winning on the road and then getting that bus and enjoying the bus ride home. You know, the locker rooms and getting the, the enjoyment of the, the kids as they go through the pregame routines or the postgame victories. We get to enjoy and uh, celebrate. So those are the things that, you know, as a coach, you highlight and you, you really enjoy um, the grind because – you can enjoy those moments with the kids that, you know, I call family. Yeah, playing with a team is family, and I think that's part of the tradition that you're growing over there at Ward. Those are great goals that you set every year for your kids in the court, but managing a team off the court, what are some goals you set with the kids? How do you monitor the grades, and how do you reiterate the importance of being a good student athlete? Because sometimes, you know, kids in the middle school level may not realize there are certain GPA levels you need to hold just to play in high school. And then you want to play in college. Some schools, you know, even though there's a minimum with the NCAA, some schools have requirements that are even higher expectations. So, you know, managing those on-court goals, but then off-court goals, you know, to develop these kids as student-athletes. Yeah, I mean, the, the off-the-court, you know, for our players um... – you know, obviously academics, whether it's in season or out of season, comes first. Um, and the players, some recognize that right away. Others take, you know, time to get it and understand that the academics are the same as on the court. You know, if you're going to go to a classroom and approach it the way you approach your practice, the way you approach a game, you're going to succeed. So basketball and life, to me, or sports and life go hand in hand. Um, but the commitment is not just in season, it's year round. So as a coach, it's your responsibility to make sure kids are understanding their level of commitment to the classroom, that they're doing their best, trying their best, and being the best they could to achieve, you know, it doesn't have to be always straight A's because not everybody's the same. It could be just what is your best effort? Are you giving your best effort? Just like I would ask at practice, just like I'd ask in games, 
is your best effort being had? If not, then you are shorting yourself because obviously you eventually are going to hit a roadblock and you're not going to know how to push through because you never gave your best. So I'd say that's what we try to preach over at Ward. Um, same thing as the off-season weight room, you know, trying to get them to lift weights year-round now, trying to get them to stay committed to the weight room. Um, and also, I'm a big believer in, you know, players playing multiple sports. I think it's big for kids to play more than one sport just because you have different roles on teams, you have different teammates, you have different strengths and abilities that you can gain or you can eventually overcome by playing multiple sports. So I try to encourage my kids to play or partake in another sport just like they, you know, would for basketball. No, that's that is another thing, you know, in the day of sports today, you know, the ability to develop different muscles playing different sports you know the lateral movements um they all go hand in hand in the footwork it's you know so it's one thing in our programs that we're a huge believer in and i always push for that and it's great to hear that you know high school coaches are still doing it you know i think we you know brendan kerrigan was a kid that played for us way back in the day and that kid was football basketball lacrosse and even in season he was doing off-season leagues the kid was an absolute animal, but never hurt, you know, and he was strong as could be. And again, you know, I think that goes to show kids like that, that are really putting the effort on all playing fields can really help develop themselves. Definitely. Definitely agree with that. I mean, I really feel that, you know, obviously there's only so much time in a day, but if you can stay structured with sports and practice help you to do and you can learn different roles um, and how to always give your best. You're only going to improve yourself and be at the best for the sport that you're competing in. Exactly. So wrapping things up here, again, national championship player with UConn in 04, playing with some premier athletes, the second and third picks in the draft that year. What are some inspiring words for kids these days, You know, knowing the path that you did um, and all the hard work that you put in? Uh, um, I would probably just say, I mean, you can achieve anything you want, um, but to do that, you have to be dedicated. I mean, dedication is a word that's thrown around, but it's something that, you know, each and every day you got to think about, you know, what am I doing? Especially in a time that we're in right now, being that, you know, we're, we're stuck at home and you have tons of time on your hands. What are you doing to get better? So as an athlete, ask yourself, you know, what am I doing with my time? Am I spending it to get better or am I wasting it? But I think that if you dedicate yourself and you prepare with a purpose. So when you wake up each day, you have a purpose of how am I going to get better and what am I going to do? I ask my players all the time. So you, you practice, what you do? Oh, I, I practice. Well, what does that mean? Well, did you get better at anything? Uh, yeah. Well, what'd you get better at? Sometimes they don't know. And I said, well, you didn't really do anything well because you don't know what you got better at. Did you get better at dribbling your left hand? Did you get better with your outside jump shot? Did you get stronger when you had the weight room? What did you do to get better at? And I really feel that if you do all these, when your time comes, you're going to be successful. Um, and the last thing I would really have to say is this year hits home more than other. you got to play each and every game like it's your last. You don't know when your last game may come. But if you do your best in every game you participate in, then you'll be proud of your efforts for that last game when it happens. Unfortunately for our team and many teams this year, our basketball season was cut short, and many guys didn't realize their last game was against Greenwich, which ended up being a victory. But that was the last time they're putting on the war jersey, which is you know one of those, you know you don't know. 
So you always want to be able to go and give your best every time you hit the court or hit the field or hit the classroom. That would be uh, my words of advice for you know kids that are up and coming. Very true, true statements, and I couldn't agree with you more. You know, the kids definitely gotta you know put the time in, put appropriate time in, dedicated time, and you never know when it can be over. Injury, a health situation like this, but those are great words, and I'm sure the kids can really learn something from you know our conversation today. Um, but want to thank you again, Ryan. It was fun connecting with you again. Hopping on the phone with me today. Uh, be sure to tell the family I said hello. Yeah, thank you, Drew. Very uh, happy to have uh, joined you today. And same with me. Tell the family I said hello. And I'll be in touch. Always fun connecting with a good friend and former coach and buddy. Uh, Ryan Swaller, junior varsity basketball player's junior year. Walks on at UConn. Wins a national championship with the boys basketball team in 2004. Got to play with the second and third picks in the NBA draft. in Mecca Okafor and Ben Gordon. Now, head coach of the Fairfield Ward boys basketball team, trying to teach them life lessons on and off the court. Taking Ryan's words, prepare with a purpose and play each game like it's your last. Thanks again for tuning in. Be well. Take care.